Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome to Killer Serials. This is Tony Jones. Ryan Parker. And we have PhDs in theology. We talk about TV every week, serial TV. That's why we call, That's why we call them Killer Serials. Killer Serials. Get it? People, get it? We love television. Um, but, you know, only in a super healthy way. Like, sure. did you go to the gym today? Only like five hours a day. Did you go to the, the gym TV. today? No, I'm still nursing a sprained ankle. No, actually, when we air this, I probably will have gone to the gym. I will have recovered. Yes. <laughs> you know, you can go to the gym and do stuff that doesn't use your ankle. No, that's the excuse I'm having for not going. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to the gym. Right you after, are? Right after this. And then going out wow. to dinner with my lady. Fun. You got it. Okay, we're on episode 12 of The Path. Season 2, episode 12. And it is coming to a burning head. Just keeping people on track, you know? Let's hear that summary. Mary's lost in the woods. We eventually find Mary. And there's a baby. They're on the side of the road. She gives birth finds her. in the forest. Wink, wink. That's the uh, that's the big storyline here in this episode. Yep, yep. Abe still Abe kind of reveals more of his plan to kind of pin the movement. He's telling this to Eddie. Yep. And Eddie can stay one step ahead. Eddie's going around to the deniers. Yep. For people who are labeled deniers, because one of the things you learn in this episode, Eddie goes and visits a bartender. Uh, not a, is it just people who walk away, right? Mm-hmm. Who kind of may uh, deny the faith. There are people who have been labeled deniers because maybe they asked the wrong questions or they did something that Cal, the golden boy, as the bartender says, didn't like. Yeah. And so Eddie's really trying to bring these people together, right, to understand a bit more about the movement and the way Cal ran things and, and mistreated people. I mean, it's becoming more and more clear that Eddie is the Messiah for the outsiders, for those who've been marginalized, for those who've been cast out of the movement, which yeah. is a traditional kind of messianic role. Yeah. For I, I will say this. I mean, it, it's interesting. I wonder, it'd be interesting to poll the people, but I I, I referred, when, when we were meeting with the, the writers of the path, I continually referred to Eddie as the Messiah. And yeah. it's like, it's funny because, you know, like particularly the Jewish members of the writers team, they were very hesitant. Like they would not use that term Messiah no. as flippantly as I use it. No, but, but he full, he's beginning to fulfill that role a little he bit. He is, he is. And I'm yeah. using it just as a kind of a theological archetype. And I yeah. think Eddie yeah. That's understood. more and more is, yeah, fulfilling that. Well, and as, as that is taking place, you have... Again, we talked about this last week, but you have Richard and Felicia who are trying to groom him in that role. Yeah. And Cal and Sarah in this episode pin Richard down and really confront him about what's going on. And Richard, uh, to try to misdirect them, claims to be the guardian of the light. Yes, that's Which right. uh, they, of course, see through immediately. Yeah, he tries to throw him off the scent. Not that Richard's not important. That's just not his role yeah Um, and then when they confront felicia she refuses to repent and to kind of recant her faith in eddie right right and his his growing yeah role in the movement and even to the extent that she's kind of ostracized in her own marriage right yeah bill is like kind of bill sides with cal that that kind of old guard you know and tells her you know 
no nobody knows what's true yeah right that's the kind of that's that's the the process he hides behind mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sarah this is i think you see a real change in her character in this episode uh, and reveals or adds some complexity to her that we don't see. We haven't seen previously because she is waking up to who she is, but more importantly, who Cal is and what she's allowed herself to become yeah. in service to him. Um, and she's the one who delivers the line. You know, if if anyone has spent, you know, two seasons wondering if Mary's baby belongs to Cal or Sean. Right. You know, she tells him in the waiting room or the recovery room after they find Mary, go hold your son. And they, you, the, the camera kind of moves over to the crib and it's this lily white baby in the crib. Yeah, so she's the one that calls it out. And she says, you know, but I'm not asleep anymore. Right. She says, I'm wide awake. Sarah, it, it seems like Sarah has um, assumed that Cal was in love with her all along. And then assume that because, which he he has been, surely been in love with Sarah the whole time. But Sarah has assumed that because Cal is in love with her, he's been, quote unquote, faithful to her. Even though she's married, like he's been chased, kind of waiting for her to ditch Eddie. Whatever she's got to do. We know as viewers that he's not only slept with Mary, but he's slept with like multiple, you know, like he slept with multiple people and when he was in California and when, you know, he, he's not as, he's not chased even yeah. though she, and so, yeah, she's not asleep anymore. She realizes he's not chased and she's got the physical tangible evidence in the baby to prove it. And I think we go back to finally, because we're going to talk a lot about him this episode. Uh, finally here, Richard, again, another great performance, another key uh, just a series of key scenes with him. You know, he is essentially forced to sign the denier form. Yeah. Sarah forces him to sign it. And so he has to leave the compound, which we get the sense that this is the only home he's known for a really long time. He begins to wander the streets of the city looking for a place to stay. Right. He In one of the more painful scenes, I think, of the whole series, he goes to a former partner to see if he can just get oh get a couch. Gosh. Can I sit on your couch and this guy's like, no, you no. can't. And it's not malicious or mean, the denial, but it's just like you get the sense that maybe Richard chose the movement over that partner in the past. Let me ask you this, Ryan. And uh, and then and you know, and all that to say is he's he's lost, right? He goes to Eddie for help. Eddie gives him the keys to his place and says, look, this is basically all I can do because Eddie's at this real crossroads, right? Leading up to the finale where he's, Eddie's out. Yeah. You know, for all this notion that he might be the Messiah, Eddie's like content to walk away. And he tells Richard that he should do the same thing. You back the wrong horse. You back the wrong horse, cut your losses. Everybody will understand. Here's the thing though, dude. Richard has so much power inside that compound, inside those walls. Mm-hmm. Outside of those walls, he is a power. Nothing. He is a powerless person. He's mm-hmm. he's crippled mm-hmm. physically, mm-hmm. and he's doesn't know. He has no skills. He's been inside the compound for so long. He doesn't have anything else to offer society. 
And you realize how terribly pathetic he is once he gets outside of the religious environment. Pathetic in that you see him and you're filled with pathos because yeah, he, you're right. he, he has nothing he can do. And I just thought, I know people like that. I know people who inside the church, I, I've known, uh, there are a couple guys who actually spring to mind who in, when I was growing up, they were really in church. They were really into the youth group and they were like, into, even when they were in college, they were kind of super in the youth ministry. That's that was their social circle. That's where they achieved success. That's where people knew them. And then when they went out into the world, they utterly failed, and they had no social skills, and they had no material skills, and they 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 couldn't hack it. And I, I mean. Like these, two, I'm not going to name these two guys, but yeah. I, could, I can well, see their faces, I, and I think who Richard is. Th- this is this is a common story that I have seen. Now I don't know if the writers did this intentionally or not, but when Richard walks outside those walls, he is totally screwed. I I've thought about this too, though, in in my own path, where like I've been in school for so long, or I, when I was in school for so long, I was thinking like, what if what, what, it, what am I outside of this setting? And I knew a lot of people who would take, uh, and I never had these conversations explicitly, but you could get the sense that there were so many people who would delay the completion of their PhD because they could always say, I'm working on my dissertation. Yeah. Right. Because once you're finished, you got to go find a job, right? You got to start paying those student loans back for sure. But as long as you're in school, as long as you're in that community deferral, Constant deferral. Of you real can life. deferral your identity, but you can also defer your loans. You can do all that kind of stuff, but it gives you also a meaning. For and it sure. might be it might be hollow, but you have you have something that you're holding so on to. So Richard. So Richard goes back. Yeah. Richard with no with no recourse goes back to the compound one last time. To he interrupts his the, meaning. He interrupts the baby dedication. Uh, of Cal and um, Mary's baby and says, Cal is a false guardian. Eddie Lane is the true guardian of the light. Right. And he locks the people inside the barn or the sanctuary. Yep. Yep. And he rushes to the records room where all the unburdening tapes are left. Right. And he burns the room and locks himself in it and sets the room on fire. And that's the end of the episode. And the end of Richard. Yeah, sadly. Sadly. I mean, there are a couple things. First of all, what he does is, of course, something we've seen done during the Vietnam War, and now we've seen it even done more recently with Buddhist monks. As a form of protest, self-immolation. A, yep, which is uh, – so, so self-immolation is, a, is an oddly religious way to commit suicide, mm-hmm. which Richard does. But then the question is, what do you think he – what do you think he's – doing by burning the tapes i mean in some ways he's freeing everybody who's unburdened on those tapes mm-hmm. from it's an act mm-hmm. from from their it's liberation being, he's liberate but he's in some ways he's also liberating the movement from yeah. this practice of unburdening which so it which is what's scene. crazy is he's been running the tape recorder for years at those unburdenings he's heard all of these unburdenings so Eddie tells him in a scene just before he returns to the compound, 
what Sarah's doing with those tapes. And yeah. he said, there's a fine line between a weapon, a tool and a weapon. Uh-huh. So this is a sense, unless I'm remembering incorrectly, this is the first sense we get that Richard didn't know what Sarah was doing. Yeah. And he's not going to let that happen. So he's simultaneously freeing those people from that process of being used and abused. And he's also stealing power from, like you said, from the movement. That whatever the movement looks like going forward, whoever is going to control it, they're not going to have access to that information. Right. And control their the membership that way. Yeah. And it's, and it's a, a, obviously a sacrifice, maybe... He's sacrificing himself for the light, for this larger, that's his final act of devotion. Although it's one born out of despair and lack of opportunity, but nonetheless, he's still, he doesn't become this homeless guy, you know. He's he's allowing his life to have some larger purpose, even in its final moments. Well, you right? were saying before that he, 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 all of his meaning in life is wrapped up in this religion, and when he walks outside the walls, he realizes he doesn't even have a place. He doesn't even have a couch to crash on. Yeah. And he goes back in and he reclaims in one final, literally, blaze of glory, <laughs> he reclaims his meaning, you know, yeah. in, in that moment. And I think it's so powerful. I think it's one of the most powerful scenes um, in, in the whole two episodes of this show. Yeah. Let's talk about something... We can go from powerful scene to questionable scene. In this episode, Sarah is run off the road. Yeah. And she's involved in a car crash that sends her to the hospital. Of course, Eddie freaks out, right? Because he does love her and he cares for her. Yeah. Hawk freaks out. Uh, but interestingly enough, uh, Cal says to Hawk, uh, basically implies that Eddie did it. Right. That or that Eddie had something may have had something to do with it. But what we never get in this in the episode is an understanding of who did it. Was it just a reckless driver and Sarah was paranoid and had a wreck? Was it someone from the movement? Was it one of Cal's goons? Because we know in episode 11, Cal sent people to beat up Eddie. Yeah. So you have these beautiful moments like with Richard and how he's searching for meaning outside of the movement, can't find it, and he goes back. And then we have this scene of, is there some sort of nefarious activity going on with Cal and Sarah? Because she's, she's told him, she's told him she knows, you know, who he is. Here's what, here's what I found interesting from this part of it, of this is that it, it, her car wreck, she gets run off the road right after she has a big argument with Eddie. And Eddie is almost threatening to her and like grabbing her by the arm and yelling at her and this kind of thing in the in the parking lot, you know. And then she gets run off the road in the next scene. And yet as a viewer, I'm certain it was not Eddie who did it. I'm certain Eddie is not behind this. Get her getting run off the road. Absolutely not. Yeah. If you... But if you're certain, if the viewer's certain that it's not Eddie, and and Cal has in, insinuated that it might be, yeah, then who is it? Like you gotta maybe give us a hint at 
who else it is or yeah, could be. It's true. It's 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 totally unclear about who it could possibly be. I I, I really don't know. I mean, I don't think it's Cal. Maybe it's Cal. I mean, Cal's the only person on the show evil enough to do that, I guess. You know, do you Oh, absolutely. See, do you see anybody else doing it? I don't know who else who else has the motivation to get rid it's of It's surely Sam. not Russ. No. <laughs> it's not Russ in the church van, the youth pastor in the church van running people off the road. Yeah. So you got to think it's Cal and maybe I mean, I guess the only motivation I could see for Cal doing it is so that he could blame Eddie for it. Yeah. And I think Sarah's just confused enough to not to to herself wonder who did it and think it possibly could be Eddie. I don't know. Yeah. It's it's a that's an odd thing, but I will say again, another interesting thing we got from being in the writers room is that like they were really happy with how that the staging of that car wreck of the Oh, it's great. Yeah. Yeah, you know. And I I don't know. Have has there ever been a Prius that's wrecked in a TV show or movie before? It may be the first. Like, were they ever? Did they ever go fast enough to wreck them? Prius crash. Yeah, it's pretty great to see a Prius like get totally wrecked. And when you watch it wreck, it's like it does look like the whole thing's made out of plastic. Yeah, it just bounces. Oh my gosh! Just like it's like a bouncy ball. Just are popping off it, and yeah, yeah, it's just a piece of crap, you know. Well, you know, this is again. We're left with this ultimate question, though. Like we seem to be left, we've been left with most most episodes. Is you know what's Eddie going to do? And yeah, we're so left odd. at the cliffhanger. Eddie yeah. drives off into the sunset. I mean, in some ways, so in some ways, you can blame Eddie for Richard's death because Richard reached out to Eddie. Eddie turned him down. And you might say Eddie's the reluctant Messiah, you know, the reluctant prophet, the reluctant... But that has a consequence. reluctant Moses, but it has a consequence because... So Richard takes his fate into his own hands and burns himself up. Yeah. And uh, after... I mean, the other big question is going to be if if Richard takes on the role of prophet and he runs into that um, deal, into that baby dedication ceremony and says, you know, Cal's a false prophet... Eddie's the real Messiah. Yeah. I'm using Christian language instead of language. Of course. Light. Yeah. But then like, how does the, does the community just say, Oh, crazy Richard, Richard's mm. gone off the deep end. Poor, poor Richard. Or does the community say, um, Oh my gosh, that's Richard. Like we trust Richard. Richard it'll be does- interesting to see. It'll be interesting to see in next week's episode, how that plays out. Yeah. Like Richard and doesn't effect- lie. What effect this death and the little bit of destruction that it brought on the compound, right? Yeah. Destroying the records room. Yeah. If that if that has any effect on Eddie whatsoever and coming back. Yeah. Well, it's so good this it, is good. Yeah. It's a good, and, another and good that, episode, and, that, and that excited a, about next week and what the final holds. It's a huge, huge cliffhanger to see Richard go up in flames uh, at the at the end of the episode. It's, I mean, that's. I'm sure a lot of viewers like us are mourning that because he's a great actor and he added. That's a, a loss for the show. I mean, I think it's a loss for show. fans. And, yeah. yeah, especially if you if you've watched him in other shows like The Blacklist and yeah, things like that. So, okay, everybody, thanks for listening to this week's episode of Killer Serials, where we discussed the path to twelve. We'll see you next week for the finale of season two.
Bye-bye.